up, Crossroads. Y'all good? Yo, it's always an honor to come back here, and I do feel like fam, so we're going to have a family conversation. Come on, somebody. And um, I definitely want to give honor to whom honor is due to Pastor Craig and his beautiful family. Can we just show some love and honor to him? Um, and then definitely want to say what's up to our online fam. So give up some love to our online fam. And so, um, so this response is going to dictate where I start this morning. So who here has never heard me preach? Be strong. Strong hands up, up, up. Oh, man, I wanted to skip my story. <laughs> but the Bible says we overcome Satan by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. So Jesus did his part already. The question is, are you doing yours? It's a partnership to overcome. You can't do it in your own strength. Your swag ain't that deep and you ain't that cool. So we overcome by the blood of the lamb. What Jesus did on the cross gave value to humanity in which they could not give value to themselves. He overcame what Adam couldn't. All you have to do is open your mouth to that story and you overcome. Are y'all hearing me? Don't be quiet on me first service. Because I know second service is going to undo y'all. This is a competition. No, but I'm going to pray. I'll share my story. Then we're going to get right into family matters because family matters to God. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we invite you in this place. You will not be grieved. You will not be offended. I give you complete reign and authority. Holy Spirit, I ask you to articulate the Father's heart through my voice to your people. I pray that every ear is open, every heart is open, every mind is open to receive that which you have for us. So I humbly ask you to invade this space. It is not by might. It is not by power. It is by your spirit. Do in here and through me as you will this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So I'm going to give the expedited story for the sake of time, but I'm from Chicago, born in Brit. I grew up in the housing projects on the south side of Chicago called Augill Gardens. My grandmother, as a single mom, raised nine kids on welfare. And when I was 10 months old, my mother was murdered at the age of 17. So my mom had my brother at 14, had me at 16. She was shot in the head at 17. I've never met my father. don't know who he is. Uh, my birthday is Tuesday. I'll be 43 years old, never knowing my father. My uncle was in a gang. He was murdered, shot in the head at 17. My aunt was in a domestic violent relationship. Her boyfriend murdered her. And I had another aunt that died at 15 from a brain tumor from asbestos in the projects. So my grandma raised nine kids, four died. She raised nine grandbabies on welfare in the projects. So I grew up with a huge question mark on top of my head of who am I and why am I here? My grandma did the best she could with what she had. And so I completely rebelled. I began to jump in the same cycle in which I came from. So my grandmother had one rule in the house, and it was this. I don't care what you do between 8 and 3.30, just don't come home. You raise 18 kids. School hours is vacation. Come on, somebody. And so I wasn't made to go to school. No one in my family finished high school. No one in my family went to college. And so there was two reasons why I went to school. Number one, I got a free meal. I was on a hot lunch plan. I knew if I went to school that day I would eat because I would come home struggling eating syrup sandwiches, sugar sandwiches, powdered milk. It's disgusting. <laughs> I would sit in the back of my class and steal kids' lunches out their book bags so that I could have food after school. The second reason why I went to school is I love gym class. Come on, somebody. Hey, go to PE, old school red dodgeball, print to the face gym class. Not these Tickle Me Elmo dodgeballs today. Remember dodgeball day was fight day? Hit me again, bro. I'm stealing on you. Remember that? And so I picked up a basketball, and for me, it became an escape of reality. When I was on the court, the pain, the trauma, 
The two hours I had allowed me to escape pain. You've escaped pain. You've just done it through drinking, smoking, wrong relationships. Come on, somebody. If you don't deal with your trauma, your trauma will kill you. So long story short, I started game banging at 11. I was selling crack cocaine by the age of 14. By a complete miracle, and I mean miracle, I made it to high school. My high school was 2,500 kids. I was a four-year starter on the basketball team, and I was the man. No, for I was the man. I could do whatever I wanted with whoever I wanted, but nobody told me at the end of popularity was emptiness. I was so broken, y'all. Getting high, couldn't do it. Sleeping around, couldn't do it. I was turning about king, homecoming king, prom court. I was, I was that dude. But I would go home and I was completely broken. I always wanted to leave Chicago. I was being recruited for basketball. But I ended up scoring a 14 on my ACT. How many think you can go to college with a 14 ACT? Raise your, you better not raise your hand. You chilling with me at community college. Ain't nothing wrong with community college, but that wasn't the plan. If you don't put in the work, you don't get the success. So I ended up going to a community college. I played one year of basketball there. And when I was 19 years old, I had an encounter that changed my life. I didn't encounter church. I didn't encounter religion. I encountered a person. And his name was Jesus. And he changed my life. So from that one decision, I finished at that community college, transferred to a four-year university, got my bachelor's and master's degree. I'm the first in my family to go to college. Come on, somebody. I'll be married 15 years this July. I got four kids. My oldest son right here is sitting on the front row. Come on, somebody. And for 10 years, my wife and I worked full-time with pro athletes, eight of those years being the full-time team chaplains to the Cincinnati Bengals. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. But we're talking about family matters, right? How many of y'all remember the sitcom Family Matters? Y'all remember that, the Winslows? Have y'all ever paid attention to the opening lyrics of the song? Now, I remember the melody, but when I began praying and thinking about family matters, this theme song came to my mind. Listen to these words. It's a rare condition this day and age to read any good news on a newspaper page. In love and tradition of the grand design. How many of y'all remember? I do not remember them saying grand design. Isn't that interesting? Some people say it's even harder to find. They don't know how prophetic they was writing this song. Come on, somebody. He says, well, then there must be some magic clue inside these gentle walls. Because all I see is a tower of dreams, real love bursting out of every scene. As days go, as days go by. Remember that? We're going to fill our house with happiness. The moon may cry. We're going to smother the blues with tenderness. Do y'all remember these words? I do not remember. That's what he said. What a goal for a family. What did he say? He said, there's room for you, room for me, for gentle hearts and opportunity. As days go by, it's the bigger love of the family. Now, how many of y'all know that Urkel about put that sitcom on the map? It was doing good, but when Urkel showed up, it got better. That brother was a borderline stalker. Come on, somebody. (laughs) But when you look at these words, it's fascinating to me that pops out. Grand design, gentle walls, real love. They ain't say Jesus one time in that sitcom. If this was the standard of a message from the world, how much more should there be gentleness in our homes? How much more should it be agape love in our homes? How much more should we smother blues with tenderness? Come on, somebody. Repeat this after me. Family matters to God. 
But when it comes to family, God has an order of doing things. Why? He is a God of order. So it's marriage, then family. There is no family without marriage. Now, no matter what the world say to you or what's on commercials and what's on sitcoms, no, covenant marriage between a man and a woman matters to God. Because family matters to God, marriage matter to God. So in order for us to truly understand why family matters, we got to go to the garden. If you want To know the intent of a design, you got to go to the creator. If I got a question about my iPhone, I ain't going to uh, my man, I don't know, Mark Cuban. Come on, somebody. I ain't going to Microsoft and say, yo, my iPhone tripping. No, I'm going straight to Apple. Come on, somebody. Why? Because the designer of the gadget knows its intention. If we don't understand the intention of family, We have to go to the garden. Amen? Amen. So we know the story. I won't read your Bible. But Genesis 2, it says this. And the Lord God caused, this 21 through 25, and the Lord God caused the deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in his place. Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made into a woman. And he brought her to the man. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. That brother had a revelation. Come on. That brother was looking at all the animals, getting it on. He said, oh, Lord Jesus. God looked at that brother and said, it is not good for you to be alone. Come on. And then God put him to sleep. Have you ever wondered why God put Adam to sleep? He just created all of the heavens and the earth. He's God. He could have left that brother open and awake during surgery. (laughs) I believe Adam was put to sleep because God wanted time alone with Eve, just like he had with Adam. The foundation of your family is your individual intimacy with the father. Oh, Lord, help us. Womb man, wombed man. There is no family without covenant marriage first. We've been hijacked. I am the product. Do you hear me? I am the product of a relationship that was not in covenant. Oh, it's quiet in this church. This is bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife. This is the first time we see the word wife in the Bible. Come on. Who brought her to the man? God. Why do you think we have the tradition of the father walking the bride down the aisle? It was a wedding ceremony. The father walked Eve. Jesus was the best man and the Holy Spirit did the ceremony. Didn't he say, let us make man? Who was he talking to? Come on, y'all. Do y'all read your Bible? (laughs) Then God put an insurance policy in for (laughs) in-laws. This verse always shocks me. They ain't no family. They ain't got no kids. They ain't got no in-laws. And look what God said. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. God put that insurance policy in the Bible. In premarital, we teach a session called in-laws versus outlaws. Oh. In verse 25, and they were both naked, the man and his wife. Come on. God is very clear that marriage is the foundation of family. So if you don't work on your marriage, I'm sorry. There's no hope for your family. And the Bible says, and they were not ashamed. 
Why weren't they ashamed? Only time shame comes is when you're not in his presence. Do you, think about this. In the first three, two and a half, two and three quarters chapters of the Bible, it's beautiful. Look at it. God put them in the perfect environment to flourish. We don't see Satan at all. This brother ain't doing nothing until covenant marriage is established. See, Satan knows something that we don't. God honors covenant. And Satan hates it. That's why it's an attack on marriage in our country. Oh, Lord. He hates it. Genesis 3.1. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, has God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? The first time we see our adversary, the Bible tells us that he's cunning. The Hebrew word there means subtle, shrewd, crafty, sly. That interesting. But my biggest question is reading this text. If you read the narrative of the beginning that God created a garden east of Eden. And the Bible says he put them in it. Where did he put them? In the garden. My question is, why is Eve in the field? Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field. What was Eve doing in the field? My first question. And my second question is, where was Adam? Oh, see, see, if we don't understand family matters, you got to understand your role in the marriage. Listen to me. I know sin is real. Brokenness is real. Trauma is real. But that's no excuse for you to play victim. You have got to shift your mindset from victor. Listen, you're not a victim. You're a victor. Greater is you that. He who lives in you makes you greater. Greater is he that lives in us than us being in the world. Come on. We know God placed man in the garden. See, the field is a representation of the world. See, see, the world has no idea of what covenant marriage is. The world has no idea what it means to truly walk out agape in a marriage. The world has no idea what it means to die to self. The world has no idea of the importance of raising their children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. The problem is the church spent way too much time in the field. See, the Bible says we're in the world, but we're not of the world. See, we're part of a kingdom that can't be shaken. Stop having one foot in the field and one in the garden. You are a peculiar people. Your swag is different. Your talk is different. Your language is different. Your browser history should be different. But no, we want to play the field, fellas. Nearly 75% of inner city homes in America are fatherless. We know now that the crime rate in inner cities correlates with the lack of fathers. God designed the family unit a certain way. When you break the unit, it breaks the family. Don't, don't, do you believe God knew what he was doing? Everything God creates, he creates on purpose and for a purpose. When God created marriage, it was to produce legacy. 
Why did Eve have a womb? The Bible says the lamb was slain before the foundation of the world. God gave Eve a womb as the incubator for the Messiah. Why is abortion demonic? It kills the image of God. Y'all ain't hear me this morning. So we're in the world, but we're not of the world. We got to live here, but we're not alive here. So the field is a picture of the world. The garden is a picture of the kingdom. See, the kingdom of God promotes the heart of God. See, the church, we've done a bad job of explaining why homosexuality is an abomination. God don't hate gay people. God hates sin. Why does, why in the Bible is God so angry at homosexuality? Because it can't produce. It's a violation of a spiritual law. Be fruitful and. It got thick in this room. See, it doesn't matter what the world says. God knows what he's doing. We don't hate gay people. We hate that you're stopping the creation of something beautiful. And not only that, sexual immorality is a sin. It's 2023 and we are afraid to call sin sin. It's a sin, period. No comma. Let me keep going. The kingdom upholds covenant marriage between a man and a woman. The kingdom is God's authority operating in the earth. Marriage is the last line of defense. Listen, do you realize marriage is the last line of defense for the kingdom? Do you know marriage is the only picture of walking covenant on the earth? So family matters to God. It starts with marriage. Listen, y'all. I am so honored to be a father. Now I mean it's easy. but it's worth it. God designed family in such a way. Listen to me. Oh, Lord, help me. The entire kingdom is a picture of family. Jesus says over and over the father, the father, my father. Oh, help us, Jesus. So here it is. (laughs) God created a garden. He also created the field. So my question is, what is happening in their house? in the field and where's Adam? Come on. Do you know God gave specific roles to Adam and Eve? See, this is horrible language, but this is the truth. We don't parent well because we don't marriage well. We don't parent well because we don't marriage well. There are specific roles in your marriage that brings value to your family. When you don't play your role, you jack up the family. 
right? So Eve is in the world, Adam is nowhere to be found. So let me talk to the ladies. If I'd have put on a Beyonce track, y'all would start going crazy. The Bible is very clear in Genesis 2.18, and the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. Fellas, it's not good for you to be alone. Period. I will make him a helper comparable to him. Who will make it? God. Help meet. That word help meet is a very interesting Hebrew word. It's it's azer. It means helper. One who comes alongside to aid in the fulfillment of another. One who comes alongside. Fellas, not drag, not dominate, not control. Ladies, you are to come to the side. Why the side? That's the rib that was missing. Your ribs protect your most vital organs and this brother missing one. So instead of being in him, you're alongside him. You can't control him. Oh, I'm preaching better than y'all saying amen. Eve was to submit. Oh, that word is almost bad in the church. Because it's been taught wrong. Let me help y'all out. Y'all know I love y'all. I love white people. My wife is white. Love white people. But I got to tell you the truth. Listen, to submit, catch this, to submit means to come under the same mission. Eve had one job, come under the same mission that God gave Adam. I'll get to you in a minute, fellas. Listen, Adam could not complete the plan God for him with, had for him without Eve. Listen, ladies, listen to me. As you mature, you must balance your emotions with your tongue. You are not your thoughts. The battlefield in the spirit starts in the mind, but it's one with your mouth. We read Ephesians 6 all the time, right? Y'all know Ephesians 6, the armor, right? Right, helmet of salvation, right? Belt of truth, breastplate of righteousness, shield of faith, right? Shoots. Or, or your pretty much your shin. It really the the Greek is your bottom of your knees down over your shoes. It's it's walking, or we say in the gospel of peace, right? But the most important part of the armor is the end of the armor. Praying. If you notice the armor on that soldier, his back isn't covered. See, prayer always got your husband's back. Your complaining, nitpicking does not help him. Oh, it's quiet. <laughs> Nagging. The best thing you can do is pray. That's where he's vulnerable. He ain't going to do everything right all the time, but your voice would determine if he walked as a king or peasant. Inside of every man lives a king and a warrior. Whichever one you address will be the one that responds. If he's not walking like a king, maybe because you're not speaking to him as one. 
and never complain about what you permit. Well, um, hope he doesn't come back next year. <laughs> no, we need Pastor Craig. Listen, ladies. Your voice will be the determining factor if we conquer the world. Amen. My wife walked in the room and said, oh, Lamoris, oh, baby, say it again. Do you hear me? Your voice will be the determining factor if he conquers the world. You need to pray for him. Eve, God has called you. Adam, God has called you. As a couple, God has called you. So God has a call on your life. God has a call on her life, but God has a call for your marriage. It starts with your family. I'm a dad before I'm a preacher. I'm a husband before I'm a chaplain. Come on, somebody. My first ministry is to this dude. If I don't disciple him, if I don't pour into him, I'm doing God a disservice. You're about to put a countdown clock up there. So ladies, number one, be where you're supposed to be. Be where you're supposed to be. Don't stop going in the field. Be at home tending to your husband, loving and raising your kids. I'm not saying don't work. That ain't what I'm saying. But what the world is putting out there for women, it's killing families. Killing families. Go ahead, be the CEO. Listen, go be the CEO while your kid's addicted to crack. <coughs> go to the field while the garden is being unkept. You can't, listen, so here she is, not where she's supposed to be, which puts her alone with the enemy. She's alone. How many of you guys know in Proverbs, I mean Ecclesiastes, it says that a threefold cord is not easily broken. Didn't Jesus say when two or three are gathered in my name? She with Eve, she with Eve, her problem was she was without her husband. Come on. We, I think we've been taught this story just a little different. We read the story. We think Adam was there. I don't think Adam was there. I don't think Adam was there. I'll prove it to you for multiple reasons. But ladies, be where you're supposed to be, number one. Stop being alone with the devil. If you get in an argument, the last thing you need to do is be alone. You leave your spouse alone with the devil. I need to go for a drive. Really, you're going to leave your spouse at home with the devil by herself? Get out. Sleep on the couch? Are you kidding me? Do you, do you even understand the power of a man being alone? Do you know what the devil does to us when we're alone without our wives? I don't think you do because you would never tell us to go sleep on the couch. Can I just be honest at church? Gosh. The problem and the reason why we don't get delivered is because we like our sin. You will never be delivered from the sin you don't hate. You could pray till your eyes fall out. You have to hate your sin. You can't be tempted by something you don't desire. All right. How many of y'all watch Food Network? Let them brothers cook up some asparagus and butter. Put the little garnish on the side. Put it in front of me. I kick that plate. I don't desire no asparagus. I don't care who cook it. But if you put a Swiss roll. Asparagus 
See, the only woman I'm allowed to cheat with in my marriage is Lil Debbie. <laughs> Put Lil Debbie in front of me. It's a problem. Why? I desire it. If you change what you desire, you change what gets you trapped. When Satan talked to Eve, she revealed to him what God really said. He planted the desire for the tree of the heart. Oh, are y'all hearing me? So you have to stop entertaining thoughts, ladies, that don't belong to you. Oh, it's good. Good preaching, Lamoris. I appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> Instead of helping her husband, Eve was out building her brand. Instead of helping her husband, Eve was spending countless hours strolling every social media platform. Instead of preparing for motherhood, Eve was writing a blog about keeping it real, being overwhelmed as a mother. We must unseat health, unhealthy, unseat unhealthy traditions and worldly advice that we have adopted when it comes to family matters. Well, I was raised this way. What is it biblical? Because I was raised the white man was the devil. Now, I know that's demonic. Man, if you racist in this room, because there's a lot of people go to church that's still racist. Prejudice and racism is two totally different things. I got a prejudice against any original colorways of Jordans. really don't really rock outside the original colorway. I got a prejudice against that. A prejudice just means you don't like something. Racism is rooted in hate. Come on. You better pray you ain't racist and by a miracle you make it to heaven because you don't want to live next door to me. (laughs) Brother, I'm going to have speakers outside my house. Basketball 24-7 and fried chicken all the time. And because I'm in a glorified body, I can eat as much as I want and don't gain a pound. Come on, somebody. I'm going to have my own full house of just Lil' Debbie stacks. Just the whole house. A mansion of Lil' Debbie's. Come on, somebody. What is my point? Ladies. You have to be to your husband what you desire for him to be to you. What they do has nothing to do with your response. You respond to God. And part of that is you got to go toe to toe with your thoughts. Listen, you have to learn how to override the inner conversations you have in your mind. By saying something. Stop saying how you feel. Say what is written. All right. Okay. So here's a a few admonishments for the ladies out of Ephesians 5. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. It's amazing you go to work. You're all happy with your boss. Come home and you put your eyebrows down to your husband. That ain't right. No other man deserves more honor than your husband. Not your pastor. Not your boss. Not your dad. I can't believe he just said that. Not your brother, your husband. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. I'm just reading the word. Don't be mad at me. Don't DM me. Don't I, come on. It's what he said. This is Ephesians 5. Read it on your own time. He says, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Oh, I don't got time. Get out of the field, ladies, and get back in the garden because your family matters. Yeah, I wish I would have had Davey first, huh? 
All right, gentlemen, you ready? Your roll. I'm about to do this firecracker style. Genesis 2, 15 through 17. Some of these slides, I didn't get them because y'all need to research and read it on y'all own. We get two lakhs of days ago and lazy in church. We want all the scriptures on the screen. We want all, no, read your Bible because this has to become a revelation to you. When something is revealed to you, Satan can't take it. Come on, are y'all hearing me? When the Bible is revealed to you, no matter what you go through, it can't come out. If it's just knowledge, it's gone. If it's just a feeling on Sunday morning, Monday, finna be long. Genesis 2, 15 through 17. Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and to keep. Did God give Adam a long list of stuff to do? What did he say? Tend and keep. What? Tend and keep. What? And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat it, you shall surely die. Ten, keep, don't eat. Ten, I mean, fellas, we make this too hard. <laughs> Tend your wife. Keep your... No, let me stop. All right. Tend, in Hebrew, this should have been a marriage conference. Tend, or dress, is the Hebrew word to work, to serve, to work for another. Come on, somebody. To serve another in labor. Oh, this is good teaching, Lamores. We are called to serve our wives. It's a choice. He said, serve her. Come on, work for her. That's why, ladies, if a dude step into you and you single and he ain't got no job, run. <laughs> nah, man, I, you know what I'm saying? I, where you live? With your mom? What? <laughs> wait, 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 say that again? You live where? Nah, I'm good, I'm good. I'm good. How many hours a day you play video games? What? Nah, I'm good. I'm good. If he ain't got no job, run. If he say he's in the middle of applying, tell him to text you when he gets the job. <laughs> then when he texts you, make sure he's 90 days in. <laughs> Why? Benefits don't kick in to 90 days. On the 91st day, let him take you to coffee. He needs a job. Come on, Adam, work. I remember, uh, you know, Lord, help me. My wife, I've been married 15 years. Oh, I'll be married 15 years. Now, my wife was a virgin. We got married. She didn't really date. We didn't live together. We didn't shack up. None of that. So there was a few surprises when the brother got married. <laughs> now, Shorty, my wife is beautiful. No, real talk. Seriously, my wife is hot. I can't keep my hands off. That's why I got four kids. <laughs> Her character is immaculate. Her fear of the Lord is contagious. But I had no idea that Shorty left her clothes in the floor. Y'all, I mean, shower, go about your business, leave the clothes in the floor. So this was a contentious conversation early in my marriage. And then I learned this principle. I remember like it was yesterday when the Holy Spirit told me to serve her. So what do I do? Pick them up. At first, I was mad. You have to walk past the hamper. You walk right past it. Two seconds, blam, 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 bloom. Serve her. 
I pick them up to this day. (laughs) Because I love my wife. Me picking up her clothes pales in comparison to what she does for me and my family. Sir, fellas, our image as men is not diminished because we serve our wives. You're not less than, you're greater. You want to be great in the kingdom, what must you do? Serve. God don't care about you being great. You just got to serve your way. I'm wrapping up. Y'all looking at me like I'm crazy. He said what? Tend, serve, work, keep. Hebrew word, to guard, give heed, have charge of, watch, to be a watchman, to hedge about like thorns. Thorns is to keep stuff out. God called Adam to protect his house because he knew who was outside. That's why it made no sense for Eve to leave. He couldn't get in, so she went out. Men, you got to protect your house. Stop letting stuff in. Come on, somebody. Don't let it in. There's some conversations you got to have with your kids that's just tough. I'm very transparent with my son. He'll tell you what my weaknesses is at his age. If I don't have a conversation with him, listen, you expose the devil, he reveals his schemes. Satan has not changed in thousands of years. The dude is the same. Why are we so off guard when this dude tempt us? Fellas, you surprised that you desire another woman because you're having conversations with her at work. The only emotional tap-in conversation you should ever have with another woman is either your wife or your daughter. Boy, it is quiet in this room. You think adultery just happened because you're walking down the street? No, it's an investment of time and emotions. Ladies, adultery don't just happen because you feel like something in the moment. Whatever you give your emotions to, that's what you're going to follow, ladies. See, you have an emotional... Listen, it's kids in this room. I'm going to try and keep this as PG as I can. Fellas, you got to learn how to preheat. If you are not married in this room, this ain't for you. You got to learn how to preheat. You got to tap in emotionally if you want 10 p.m. to be hot. We want everything in microwave. We good to go. Say what? Let shorty walk in with a pair of shorts on its own. We ready. We could be tired. We could have worked 15 hours. Let shorty walk in with shorts on. No, women ain't like that. You got to preheat. You're going to have to do some dishes. You're going to have to change them diapers. Come on. Are you, are you? I am not, my honorarium is not worth what I'm telling you. I gave y'all a discount. <laughs> Listen, our marriages should make the world jealous. Yes. Your sex life should make the world jealous. Yes. What you see on these sitcoms is a joke. They never, it's never happily ever after. Ever. Because you don't see the arguments. You just see them skipping off smiling. <laughs> you don't see the clothes in the flow. You don't see the frustration when you have had sex with your wife in 60 days. If we can't talk about these things in the church, the world is going to ruin our families. Because they don't know. They're idiots. All of them. I said it. You can quote me. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm about done. Fellas, protect your home. You set the, the spiritual thermometer for your home. Pray with your kids. Do devotionals. 
I'm a preacher and I can get better at this. All my kids got family devos. The first thing they got to do in the morning before school is devos. We do family devos. I pray with my family. But even as a preacher, I got to get better. I got to go next level. Because Satan stays next level. Right? So you got to be the spiritual thermometer from your home. Ladies, you have a natural need or feel that you're more spiritual because of how you're wired. But you must let him lead and you got to let him make mistakes. That's only how he's going to learn. Y'all with me? So here's a few admonishments as I close for men. Because family matters to God. Out of Ephesians 5. You got agape love your, your wife. You know what agape means? It's a selfless love. It's the lavishing loves on, on, other, on your wife, whether she deserves it or not. Isn't that what God did for us? For God so agape us, he gave us his son and we didn't deserve it. But he did it anyway. Right? Jesus died. It wasn't the nails that held Jesus to the cross. The nails couldn't hold him. It was his love for you and I that kept him on that cross. He agape us. I know I didn't deserve it. You got to sanctify her and cleanse her with the washing of the word. The most humbling thing in 15 years of my marriage was about eight years ago when my wife asked me to disciple her. That's been the most humbling moment in my marriage. Fellas, you got to lead your family spiritually. You got to wash her and pray for her and speak the word over her. That's your responsibility. It's not Pastor Craig's. It's yours first. By the time you come here on Sunday morning, it's icing on the cake for what you already did Monday through Saturday. You don't come here for your meat. Paul said in Ephesians 5, fellas, we got to give our life for our families. There's going to be seasons of sacrifice. There's going to be seasons of you not being to get the 77 Chevy or the, come on somebody, the Harley or whatever else white people driving. (laughs) All my brother-in-laws got motorcycles. Man, y'all crazy. I need all four wheels. So there's going to be sacrifice for our family. I don't get to get what I want because I got to make sure my kids are taken care of and my wife is good. You got to love your own wife as you love your own body. And we got to get better at that. Your physical fitness has nothing to do with your salvation, but it has everything to do with your leadership. You can't lead well if you're tired all the time. Just do something. Early in our marriage, me and my wife would just go walking. We'll pray, dream, get them out. And now we work out together. Right? I want to preach the gospel as long as I can. I don't want to die early because of stupidity. Right? Now, don't get me wrong. I ain't just eating all vegetables and fruit. Come on, I, little Debbie is jacking up my life. <laughs> but at least I'm doing something. Do something. Come on, walk. I don't know. Do something. Don't be lazy. There are no lazy Christians. According to the Bible. Another admonishment for you from Paul. Leave your father and mother clean to your wife. Some of y'all still having way too many conversations with your parents. You should never talk to your parents about your marriage. Ever. I can't believe he just said that. <laughs> there will always be a natural bias for you because you're their child. Now, don't get me wrong. You can ask a question, get a little wisdom. But it's probably more healthy to get some of y'all older couples in this room. I was praying last night for this morning. You know what I felt the Lord say to me? Y'all need to do double lunch dates. Some of you older couples in this room that's been married 25, 30, 35, 40 years, you need to take these young couples to lunch and freaking pour into their marriages. The church should be full of healthy marriages. The divorce rate in the church is the same as the world. It breaks God's heart. 
You got wisdom stored up in you from years and you ain't giving it away. That's why God gave it to you. Give it away. And you got to love her as your own self. I'm done. <laughs> Listen, family matters to God, which means marriage matters to God. You need to work on your marriage. And if you're single in this room, you need to date the character. No matter how many abs that brother got, he could have a 42-pack. Come on, somebody. If he ain't got no job, run. If he don't give to church, run. If he don't respect his mama, run. Because if he don't respect his mama, he ain't respecting you. Come on. Make sure that dude's serving at church, not at the club, not at the bar. I feel good. I don't know how y'all feel. I, I feel at home. So I'm going to pray a couple of things. I feel led to pray a couple of things as, as we come. Can we get somebody on the piano, please? I don't know why we always use music. Jesus had no music. He was casting out demons. <laughs> hey, that brother have a harp or nothing. The American Christianity is funny. But let's roll with it. Who cares? A couple of things I want to pray for. I feel led to pray. A, a few things. Number one, if you were produced or born out of wedlock, Would you be bold just to stand up? Lord Jesus. Do you know there's a reason why a child passes through the womb a certain way? I know there's nurses in here, right? Of the compression of their head. That's why if they're breached, they want them to turn over. There's something supernatural and physically that happens in a child when he passes through. When you are born out of wedlock, not in a covenant marriage, you don't pass through right. It's not your fault. It wasn't my fault. My mother was a prostitute. But when God designed family, it was to be produced from a covenant marriage. Because covenant does something. So I'm just going to pray over you. Some of you might not even understand this. But it's important to God. Even in Jesus' case, Joseph and Mary was betrothed, but when by the time Jesus was born, they were married. So I'm just going to pray over you. Is that okay? I don't want you to think, I pray this isn't weird, but I, this, and I don't have time to dive into why. But I pray you hear my heart. No matter how old you are, it's never too late for God to redeem what the enemy meant for bad. So if you would just receive this prayer over you. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I denounce any intention against every person that's standing. That this may have been the way they entered the world, but this is not the way they will live in the world. I thank you right now in Jesus' name. There are a people of purpose and clarity. And that the decisions their parents made, the sins passed down from generation to generation, I just rebuke it right now in the name of Jesus. That their past is not an indication of their future. So I speak wholeness and healing over their minds and their hearts and their souls. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Here's the a, a second thing. Oh, I got I to hurry up. Lord, 
help me. This is the most important one. I want to get this out the way. And listen, let's not be weird about this, okay? If you have never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, I'm not saying coming to church. Lord and Savior. Many of you see him as Savior, but if he's Lord, you surrendered your life completely to him. You understand that you're a sinner in need of a Savior. If you don't understand how much of a sinner that you are, you will never value what Jesus did. It ain't about you being good. You ain't. That's why he died. If you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life and you want to do so really quick, just slip your hand up. Thank you. It's okay. Anybody else? Thank you. Anyone else? No shame, no guilt. I ain't even tell y'all to close your eyes. Jesus never told nobody to close their eyes. Repent and be baptized. Come on, somebody. All right, we got a couple. So as a family, because family matters, let's all pray this together. But for those who raise their hand, I just need you to center in on your heart and communicate your hearts to the Father. Amen? So let's pray this together. Say, Father in heaven, I recognize that I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. Jesus Christ, I repent of my sins. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I believe you came to the earth. You bore my sins on the cross. You were buried in the grave. Yet you rose again on the third day for me. In you alone, I give my life. In you alone, I give my heart. And in you alone, I give my trust. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, somebody. All right, all right. Almost done, almost done. Here's the last thing. If you have been or going through a divorce, can I pray for you? Anyone has been or going through a divorce, will you just stand up for me? No shame, no guilt. No shame, no guilt. Let me tell you, God in his infinite mercy is the restorer of everything broken. He will restore your heart. He will redeem your time. And I want to say this, it's not your fault. There are places that we've allowed the enemy to get in our relationships in which he's never should have been there. So my prayer that I want to speak over you is just healing and wholeness. And to let you know that you're not alone. There's no mark on you. There's no scarlet letter. You're a child of God. And it's not over for you. As a matter of fact, every story in the Bible started with someone broken. Even in Adam's sin, God looked for him. Come on. Right? So you're not alone. There's a time for pain and that's okay. But God will heal and restore that pain. He's been doing it since the beginning of the time. And guess what? He'll do it for you. So I'm going to pray over you. Will you just receive this prayer by faith? Lord, right now, I pray for every broken heart, every broken relationship. And I thank you, Father, for your infinite kindness and mercy in healing and restoring. Let your children know that they're not alone, that they're not a mistake, that it's not their fault, whatever the circumstances may be. What I do know is they will forget those things which are behind and they will press toward the mark of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So be with them in their situation and circumstances and let not this situation hinder them from being awesome moms and dads. And I also speak healing if there are children involved as well. Be with your people, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. Thank you. How many of you?
many of you, how many of you were blessed by the message today? Yeah. Yes. Well, the Bible is clear that we are to bless those that bless us. So um, in the blue lock boxes out in the lobby, there are love offering envelopes. Please take advantage of giving to Lamoris today to say thank you for the wisdom and, and insight that he has bestowed upon us. Listen, if you made a decision to follow Jesus this morning, we celebrate with you and we will have next steps on the screen. Please take advantage of those. There are things for you to do to get plugged in to the fam here at Crossroads. Can we all stand and let's just close together with a song to seal what the Lord has done in our hearts and minds today. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for what you've done. God, we thank you for this series. God, we thank you for this message that you are working in our marriages, that you are working in our relationships, that you are preparing us for our future marriages and you have spoken over us. God, would you just seal it today? Would you just help us to walk in victory and walk in the challenges that, that Lamoris gave us to, to step up and live biblically as husbands and wives according to the way you designed us to live. God, we give you the glory, we give you the honor, and we are expected for what's to come. In Jesus' name, amen.